Um, yeah, I don't think it's uh, too much of a stretch to think that Hugh Jackson probably did want to take uh, Watson, and I can understand why he uh, he would feel like he needed to save some face with Kaiser just based on the fact of, like, well, this dude's on my team and the other guy isn't. doesn't matter what I wanted. You'd have to lie in that situation. Well, not only that, but, the, like, the deflection he used didn't even work because he said, we knew we were taking Miles Garrett at number one. Well, that's fine. Deshaun Watson didn't go to 12, and you had traded that <laughs> So, like, you could have had him. Now, I think this speaks to you because everybody's on me right now about the fact that, you know, you've been a Hugh guy, and look how terrible he is. And I admit that there are coaching mistakes up and down that game yesterday. I will full-on admit that. But I also think that there's something to, I don't know, I think he can evaluate talent better than Sashi Brown has been able to up to this point. I think Hugh Jackson could, and I'm. It's starting to look to me like Hugh Jackson's not allowed in the big boy room. Well, but I mean, throughout the NFL, that's the roles that they play. The head coach is the head coach, and the general manager is the one evaluating talent. Now, if you feel Sashi Brown's not able to do his job, but is it? I mean, it's not like. It's not like other coaches are the guys making oh, the decisions I, based on personnel. No, I know like the, the GMs do their jobs, but I think there are situations where head coaches are leaned on for their for their opinion. And I don't think this is the I think this is full and now maybe I, I'm buying what the media is telling me hook line and sinker, but I think we're full on analytics and nothing else. And like and I think it has to be a part of it. But I and I would I would like to think that they hired a coach that they would want to listen to. Not like he's going to win the call. At the end of the day, the GM's going to win the call. Right. But it's starting to look to me like Hugh Jackson's not even like like counseled in on like what to do. Yeah, I mean, you'd want your voice to be heard at the table at the very least. Um, I just don't know where this blame goes. There's so much blame to go around in this situation. You don't know where well, it goes. Well, the owner's where the blame goes. You hired a baseball analytics guy to run a football team to help you pick like that kind of stuff out. But I mean, we're, we're 17 years deep. We're four owners deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, like, I agree with you. Curses are not a thing. It's just where, I mean, at what point does this stop? Well, us, I guess. You know what I mean? The fan base, I guess. Like, you got to, you know, so, although, you know, somebody, I guess it was an ESPN writer said the same thing I said last week. Yesterday, he tweeted out. He's like, when does the NFL just step in and help him? And, like, do something and they're not supposed to do and just, like, help them. And I said, you know, I've been asking this question. Somebody said to me, well, what help do they need? They're 29th in, like, profitability. And I said, dude, out of 32 teams, 29th isn't good. Quit saying 29 like it's good. Yeah, I mean. It's not good. Out of 32 things, being 29th would would not be very good. But is the NFL stepping in in the sense of, like, profitability? Or is the NFL stepping in? In in, In watchability, because that's what what the NFL needs is watchability. Especially now, dude, now you lost Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Good grief. Like, this league is hemorrhaging, like, quarterback talent. Which, by the way, eh, you know what? We're going to get into that second breakout. There's a change coming to the NFL. I'm saying it's going to be week nine, and my guess is it'll be just about week nine. But the Browns are a mess. They're a mess. And, like, yesterday, like, their social media accounts, like, tweeting out, like, these gifts of, like, Timberlake looking like, oh, God, what's happening here? And I just, so, guys, it's been 20 years. Snark from your social media platform isn't the right call. You look tone deaf. You ready for the 2017 terms? You look tone deaf. Would you rather they just not post anything? Yes. You're a joke. You should be embarrassed. Hide. What is the matter with you? You should be embarrassed about what you're doing.
Not just posting, oh, look, well, I guess, I mean, what do you want us to do? I mean, what do you want us to do? You're an NFL football franchise. I don't understand that this is like when, when car companies were bitching about things being unfair. Or like, you know, well, they make better cars. Buy one, take it back to your shop, take it apart and figure out how they did it. Then the NFL is the same exact thing. There's 31 other examples of how to do this. Follow somebody else's system already. Thank God I made money on that Rams game yesterday. Thank God I made money on that. There was at least a little bit of football that was worth it. I mean, that was a joke yesterday. They looked bad. Now, I guess, dude, Marianne (laughs) Marianne Cabot yesterday is saying, well, now after it, he says, you know, Hugh says, well, you know, we don't know who it's going to be next week. But she feels like he was leaning towards Kaiser. So, dude, because Hogan throws you three picks, you're going to go back to Kai. I'm- well, I mean, what was the purpose of making the switch in the first place? Right. Then? I mean, at what, are, what point are you, are, are, you, Again, are you flipping two turds around? I think he was told to start Deshaun Kaiser and wasn't allowed to make that call. I don't think Hugh Jackson would have started Kaiser. I think he probably, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know. But I, he, he was leaning towards Wentz. They didn't want to do that. He was leaning towards Watson, and they didn't want to do that. So if the head coach that everybody's telling me is so terrible, one of the last two quarterbacks that you wish you had, how bad is he? Can't be that bad. You're as bad as your record is, and he's got a terrible record. I feel bad for the dude because I don't think he's as bad as a coach as his record indicates. I agree with that. But your record record is who you are. I don't think he's Lombardi. I don't think he's Belichick, but I think he's better than what we're seeing now, and it's because I don't think... I honestly think he's the least powerful NFL coach in the league. Would you at least agree with that? That I know not every other coach. I don't think he has anywhere near the power that even like even like a guy like Jim Caldwell has. I I, I, I wish I could give some sort of like definitive. Who's Indy's yes, coach? By yes, the way. you're right. No, you're wrong. But I, I I just feel like this is the same situation across the board. Probably vast majority of places, your GM and your head coach don't necessarily always see eye to eye, but are still able to translate it into somewhat of a like a, a viable football product. I don't know why the Browns, with every other team, faces the exact same challenges, faces the exact same hurdles, faces the exact same you know uh, schemes that that the Browns face, but we just can't make it into even a reasonably competitive product. I'm I was told they were going to win six games. I'm right. I'm talking about winning five football games. I mean, but they've regressed so much over the last two years. So much over the last two years. I just don't understand, like, I I, I, I feel like I'm bewildered at this point. I just don't know who to, I don't know who to be blamed. The, the problem is nobody's going to want this job. Who wants the job? You tell me the coaching candidate that wants this gig. And what's the point of it? Okay, so you switch coaches mid-year. You know that person is not going to translate that. Oh, I don't the think they switch it mid-year. I, I think don't... it's at the end of this year they probably fire him. But my thing is, is like, what do you do? Like, who's going to want this job? Somebody's going to be like, well, they got a baseball guy trying to figure out NFL talent. Let me sign right up for that. I mean, Sashi Brown is missed on how many picks now? Like, he and that other, was it Paul DiPotesta? Is that what it is? Like, those two, that brain trust so far does not look very brainy to me. Now, I don't know that. I don't, but it feels that way. And every year, dude, the Browns faithful buy it hook, line, and I was told six games they were going to win this year. I got screamed at and accused of being a hater when when Vegas put out the win-loss report at four and a half on the Browns, and I said, take the under. People thought I was being a hater. I don't think six games, I don't think they're going to win the battle of six quarters all year. 
And as a guy who's been a Hugh guy, I guess at the end of the year, if you want to yank him out, I mean, I guess. I mean, do it. But I think the next coach is going to have the same problem. I really do. And all you're going to get is you're going to get a guy being yanked out of college football really before he's ready. He's not going to have any authority. He's going to be told by the puppets up above him that what they're doing is the right. Trust the system. Hashtag trust the process or whatever it's going to be. And you're going to be stuck in the mud forever. Meanwhile, the fix is coming back. I, I can't believe I'm the guy saying this. The fix is coming back to the NFL, and it's going to be week nine. That's my guess. I'll clue you in next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 830, we'll send you to see Black Label Society and Corrosion of Conformity. February 6th, Goodyear Theater. Agar. Nice. That's a good show that's there. a good show, dude. If you're that guy, if that's your scene, Corrosion of Conformity, dude. I oh, mean, if you've got a leather vest. Right. MBLS, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty yeah. good right there. Yeah. Black Label's really good. They are. They're just good. Zach knows his audience, knows how to make the music right. They're just, they're good. Corrosion of Conformity, I always really liked a lot too. So. I can only imagine how many bottles of Jack Daniels and how many cases of Budweiser that bar is going to go through that oh, a night. Lot. A oh, lot. a lot. I mean, a lot. Butt heavy. Yep. Dude, just butt heavies all day. Marlboro Reds getting smoked. That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm reading some headlines that say uh, the Browns deny reaching out to uh, to other front office candidates. They deny that, but I do. Uh, Marianne, Marianne Cabot saying, uh, "Look, they're leaning towards Kaiser next week," which I don't. I mean, I guess. I mean, Hogan didn't look good. I mean, oh, he looked <laughs> awful. Hogan didn't look good. Atrocious. I, I mean, a train wreck yesterday of quarterback play, dude. Absolutely terrible. For but me. there's a bigger story in the NFL right now. Okay. And I think it's going to get its resolution in week nine. And I actually tweeted this yesterday before I heard this, before this story started to break. But free agent quarterback Colin Kaepernick, according to ESPN.com where I'm seeing this, has filed a grievance under the latest collective bargaining agreement against the NFL owners for collusion, according to his lawyer. Now, he chose not to go with the NFL Players Association, which I can't necessarily disagree with if you're a cap. If you think the NFL is working against you, you, they could probably get to the Players Association before they could get to your lawyer. You know, you'd like to think that, you know, the union lawyers are on your side, mm. but I guess I can understand why you'd have a healthy dose of skepticism there. If I'm and, him, I, I, I do, I, I would be weary of anybody that has any serious ties to that organization. And how long do you have to be out of the sport before you are no longer considered a member of that union? That's a good question, too. I don't know how that you works. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't assume Johnny Manziel could come in and be like, yo, I want these lawyers to lawyer up for me because, like, dude, you're not an NFL player anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's a movable line, right? Guys retire and then unretire and like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But he's he's filed a lawsuit claiming collusion. Basically, all right. So I have it here. All right, collusion, a secret agreement, especially for fraudulent or treacherous purposes. Now I don't think this was collusion, and I'll tell you why. We're talking about thirty-two owners and. So Kaepernick was like the first guy to like really like bring this like national anthem protest to like the forefront, right? But I would believe collusion if 
other players who were doing this were being punished by teams. Or if the league was like staunch yeah. and like digging their heels in and saying, no, you're not doing this, but the league's trying to meet you halfway. Now we're kneeling before anthems and after it and all this other stuff. No other player is receiving any type of punishment whatsoever other than advertisers, like, you know, losing endorsement type stuff, but no teams are punishing players. So by that, then why, then how, why would owners then pick one guy? Yes, I mean he is the spearhead of this, though. I I, I do think that's collusion know. for me. If there were three hundred and fifty NFL owners and Colin Kaepernick didn't have a job, I'd be like, all right, well maybe they all did get together. I don't think thirty-two guys got to get together and decide not to do something. I think it's possible thirty-two guys went, nah, I'm good. I think collusion, much like insubordination, is one of those things that's very easy to move around the board, and it probably won't be enough for him to, like... He's not going to win. Well, and I mean, what are you winning But here? what is he's this- going to win is he's going to get a job, because somebody's going to go, okay, quiet this down. We didn't do this, but we need to make it look like for sure we didn't, so give him a job. It's going to be week nine. Um... Do you agree that Colin Kaepernick, the signing of Colin Kaepernick would be different than the signing of any other one of these kneelers? Well, he, yes. Like, it'd be different than having Michael Bennett or Richard Sherman, right? Yes, but I think it's different short term. I think it's two weeks. If he comes in and he plays well, it's over. Now, if he doesn't play well, now your fan base murders you, which again is another reason why I think owners aren't doing it. I don't think the Miami Dolphins owner had to tell the Minnesota Vikings owner not to do this. I think they all look at it and go, ah, this is potential of a nightmare here. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I agree with you that I don't think all 32 guys came together and were like, all right, you sign this, you sign this, you sign this, and we'll all agree not to sign this dude. Um, But I just just think that even if he came in and didn't make much noise, even if he didn't come in and perform well, I think you could come in and suck or at least come in and be average. You could be Kevin Hogan. And you could, right, and you could... Essentially, you're right. Have two weeks from now, and it would be like not nearly as big of a deal. But the fact that he was the first one to do this, and the fact that he is the face of this movement, um, I think it just it just complicates this situation. And. I don't know when somebody's going to be ready to pull the trigger. No, the argument was you don't bring him in because he's too newsworthy as a backup. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and he is, well, and I would agree. I don't want my backup to be like a superstar. That's I don't want that. How many teams does he start on, though? I mean, it's 10-plus, right? 10-plus. So There's want- 32... I'd have to say 10. So, I mean, I don't, because I've been guilty, and dude, guys like me use hyperbole all the time for shows to like drive points home. It's not necessarily, I don't want to use the inaccurate, but it's like one of those things where it's like using punctuation, right? And the hyperbole in the right place is, is punctuation for conversationalists. And I've been guilty of saying things like, he can't play. Okay, he can obviously play NFL football. I don't view him to be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. But can he play the position? Yes. Top 32. I mean, Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably that. And honestly, as a guy who has been a naysayer on him, on his ability, and his attitude problem, because that was the first story Jay Glazer had on him, who was totally in the know, is that players didn't like him. He was aloof in the pl- in the locker room, and players didn't want to be around him. Everybody's changed their story now, but players initially did not like him. And then all this stuff started to come out, and then they realized, oh, okay, well, this guy might be all right. But before that, it was they didn't like him. He has no leadership skills, all that stuff. That was a year before the kneeling, before he lost the job to the, the then backup. But 
I think there's probably a place for him. And honestly, if I'm Hugh Jackson, if I'm Sashi Brown, I'm calling him. There's a guy who's been a naysayer. I'm calling him. I, I think it's interesting, the timing of all this, because genuinely, I was watching football yesterday, and I thought to myself, like, dude, and this is before I knew he had filed this. I was like, dude, this guy's going to get a job soon because there's so much bad quarterback play Week right nine. Now. That's, I tweeted it. And, Week and, nine. And, and at this point, it's like, dude, if you wouldn't have filed this, I think you were damn well close to having something happen. So you think this might work against it? I think so. And I just think the timing's in- interesting in the sense it of is. this felt like everything was once again kind of dying down. I agree. Like yesterday, it wasn't nearly as hot of a story. <laughs> like two weeks ago, like 80% of my social media timelines on Sunday morning was about the anthem protest. Yesterday, it was maybe 30%. Right. Maybe. maybe. Right. Maybe. So, so this is all kind of scaling back, and it looks like Colin Kaepernick might like be in the position to get himself a job again, and then this happens, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if the owners are like, dude, well, well number one, I had hesitations, but number two, now you're suing me? F you, bro. Right. I'm not hiring you. As a guy who has said he can't play, and again, I full-on admit that that was hyperbole. He can play better than what I saw on, uh, in an orange helmet yesterday. He can play better than that. But once again, especially with the Browns, what is that worth? If he comes in and wins an extra three games, now all of a sudden you've got people you're, who you're are taking me out of the number one right, pick. Race. Taking me out of the number one pick. You've got people who are pissed off at the organization who were already mad. Now they're furious. Now they're never. Well, if he back. doesn't play well, it sinks you. Like right. it does. It sinks you. Unless you brought in the face eight. of this, and and if he doesn't win you games, it's a mess. It's a mess. But he's better than what was on the sideline for us yesterday. That's for sure. As a guy who's been a naysayer on him, I got to be fair to the situation. I won't just lie. Like, he's better than that. And I thought, I'm with you, I think, though. I think, honestly, I was tweeting it out yesterday. It's week nine, I think. Dude, with Favre going down, which, by the way, I like Troy Aikman's idea better, which is you call Tony Romo for that job. I, I like Troy Aikman's version of that better. But, you know, you lose Rodgers yesterday. There's an opening there. Rodgers, who, again, is a guy who said, no, we need more of this kind of stuff happening, not less, of, of talking about the anthem protest. So he'd be okay with it in the locker room, I, th- I feel like. And you know you're going back to Aaron Rodgers. That's a, I will say at least say that about Green Bay. It's like if he lands there, which I don't think he does. I just don't think that's the franchise that does it. But if he lands there, at least when Aaron Rodgers is healthy, nobody goes, well, no, you stick with Cap. It's like, no, dude, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you play Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. I think it's going to be week nine, but you may be right. Fantone may have swayed me. This whole thing now, maybe NFL owners were like, dude, we were going to, and now this. Much like the Baltimore thing, where they were saying, hey, we were thinking about making him the backup, and then his girlfriend tweeted out the photo. So who knows? We're going to help you not get arrested in Canton, Ohio, because coming up soon, they're, uh, well, they're going to be looking for you, and we're going to teach you how to avoid it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got in on this. Rock 106.9. 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Black Label Society tickets up for grabs at 8.30. Corrosion of conformity with them uh, as well, February 6th. That going down at the Goodyear Theater in Akron. That'll be pretty good. I'm a Zach, uh, I'm a Zach Wild fan. I enjoy that band a lot. This Friday, the Stark County Sheriff's Office is uh, already announced that with the assistance of the OVI tax force, they will be conducting sobriety checkpoints on Friday, October 20th. Officers will conduct a roadside check of drivers for alcohol and drug impairment. And they ask those who will be consuming alcohol to plan for a designated driver or make other arrangements. Now, I've always, I'm kind of 
I'm on the fence on this stuff. I think it's weird. I think that good can come of it. Although I think we, I'm pretty sure on this very show last year we ran the numbers through and it was like four arrests were made out of like you know thousands of stops. I don't think the numbers are actually all that impressive. And I've always been a little curious as like they have to tell you they're going to do it beforehand because people always say that on Facebook. Why would they tell you? And it's like, well, then I found out like you have to tell us. Yeah, legally they have to tell you because. They're stopping people for no reason. Right. It does to me feel very police state. It does. I, I'm I so I like I said, I'm kind of in the middle. As a guy, now again, full disclosure, I have had an OBI. Okay. Right? Now it changed my behavior dramatically. Like dramatically. Right. And I think that's positive. And I think that these things can help curb behavior. Like, I think people will think about that. Like, you and I are talking about this now on Friday. I don't know, man. Remember? We were listening to the Stansbury Show Monday. Those guys were talking about it. I don't know, man. Let's just call Uber. Like, I think that that can happen. Now, I think it's unfortunate that we have to stop people who aren't doing anything wrong to try to catch these people. Like, I think that is, there is something, it feels like an overreach from the government to me. Yeah, I was going to say, I know this probably isn't what most people think of when, you know, they think of my political beliefs, but as as a card-carrying libtard, this probably is like, no, dude, you can't. But, like, if you want to talk about the overreach of government, I mean, you are literally doing nothing wrong. As a citizen, you are out there, you know, using your vehicle correctly. It's not like they're pulling you over for, like, a, a busted taillight or you failed to stop at a stop sign or a million different of the road infractions that you can be a part of. You did literally nothing wrong, and they are still stopping you and searching you by having you roll down your window, by looking, like, looking into your car. Like, at this point, like, where is my rights? as an American citizen. I did nothing to deserve this. You don't have the right just to stop me, impede my progress, and search my vehicle. This is what happens, though. You give people the illusion of safety, the illusion of, you know, we're going to protect you more, and people will just sign off on this. Now, I've seen that video go around Facebook where a guy just, like, holds up his ID on the glass and says, you know, I'm, uh, what is it, your Fifth Amendment right, that you're, like, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm not going to risk myself by giving you any information and all that. I... I guess technically under the letter of the law you can do that. Why do I feel like that's going to go poorly for me if I try it? At at what point do they just start knocking on your door? At what point do they just start like, hey, we're coming in to search your vehicle. We're going to search, like, we're going to start running drug dogs around just to do it. Like, you can't, like, you have rights as an American. I I do not sign off on these at all. I agree good comes from them. I agree that, you know, one drunk driver off the roads is a good thing, but at what cost, man? Well, like I said, I I don't think the arrests are all that high. I don't think the numbers all that impressive. And I'll tell you why I hate it. Because again, I always say this: don't fall for the government cares about you like routine. Because nobody. Ca- Let me tell you, you know who cares about you? The people who live in your house. And honestly, half of them probably don't even. It's the people that live in your house you care about. Nobody else cares about you. Right, And so this is all about your money, and that's why I hate it, is because it's government telling me, no, you got to be safe, and this is an epidemic, and we're going to curb this, and we're going to stop all this, when in reality, it's just reaching into your pocket to steal more money. And that's why it bothers me. But... I don't know, man. If less people die, I mean... Yeah, I mean, no wrong reason to do the right thing, right? If you're getting drunk drivers off the street. I mean, dude, less people dying, but, you know, at, 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 you know, the hands of, you know, car accidents is definitely good, but it does feel like an overreach to me. But on the 20th, it doesn't give me a time frame. I would guess early evening, probably late, you know, evening as well.
It does not give me like the point of town, which I guess is that's what they want. They just want you like aware it's going to happen, and then like, well, maybe it'll be here, maybe it'll be there. So there's a ten million dollar bounty up for grabs. We'll tell you how to grab it next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069 online for you. WRGK.com. Dude, this is my dude. Everybody bitches about Monday, Fanto. Monday might be my favorite day of the week. Okay. It's Monday motivation. <laughs> dude, the memes on Monday on Facebook are my favorite thing ever. So I just thought I just saw two that I love. Right? There's a forest. Nothing but green trees. Forest. And then in the middle, one tree with yellow leaves. What makes you different is what makes you beautiful. If you felt beautiful, you wouldn't post that to save your goddamn life. (laughs) Right. Like, why am I posting this? I'm beautiful. I don't know. Dude, I don't need adoration online. I'm beautiful for Christ's sakes. That's what your brain would be thinking. This is my new favorite one ever. Okay. This is actually posted by a girl I actually do know, and she'll be getting a private ball busting later. (laughs) I'm not for everyone, but once you taste my energy... You'll always be thirsty. Jesus. <laughs> what are we tasting off of each other? It's gross. Well, honestly, nothing that you... Well, never mind. Well, maybe. Moving forward. All right. So uh, I will tell you that a lot of times on the weekend, what I spend my time doing is going, oh, no, what the hell am I going to talk about all next week? Like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Right? That's a, As soon as the show's over every day, there's like a, just a clock that starts ticking backwards in my mind. And it's what leads to a lot of the anxiety. But yesterday something happened. I was like, well, obviously, like that's a home run. You're definitely going to have to talk about that. And that is that Larry Flint, the guy behind Hustler magazine. Remember how racy Hustler was? Like, yeah. remember how like big of a deal Hustler was? Oh, dude, Hustler was. was like hardcore porn. Where like Playboy was always trying to be like, nah, it's yeah. just boobs. Right. It's just boobs and long walks on the beach and interesting interviews where Hustler was like, damn, dude, she can do what with ping pong balls? Like Hustler was kind of nuts like that. Larry Flint is offering up $10 million if you have information that could lead to the impeachment of Donald Trump. He took a full page ad out. $10 million for the information leading to the impeachment and removal from office of Donald J. Trump. Wow. At the end of the ad, there's a toll-free number and an email address along with reassurance that Flint fully intends to pay the full sum of $10 million for good information. I'm mis- I, I don't know. Can he buy like that kind of insurance that people will buy when they do stuff like that? I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I know he's probably got the money. Does he still have the money? Oh, I'm pretty sure, dude. Like, Hustler Online did really well. I mean, and not to I say mean, that he hasn't made $10 million in his life. I'm 100% confident he has. I just feel like at this point, I mean, it's 2017. When was the last time Hustler was even, like, remotely? Again, I think their online game's pretty good. I, and Dude, he moved into, like, the pornography. Like, the full-on, like, hardcore porn thing, I'm pretty sure. And... I would imagine he probably owns businesses that we don't realize, right? That's what I was going to say, his investments outside of, but... It's always really weird to me to think about him as an Ohio person. Jesus, dude. According to Celebrity Net Worth, which is not the be-all, end-all, I don't know how factual it is. Yeah, they'll ballpark it, though. But it's somewhere to start a conversation. Uh, Larry Flint, net worth, $500 million. $500 million. That's a lot of money. See, you know what that says to me? There's money in things that people don't want you to have. 
Whatever it is people don't think you should get to consume, there's money in that. $10 million if somebody can have the information. Now, this is pretty bold here because if somebody has the information, this is enough to get somebody to come out of the woodwork and be like, well, there was this. This did kind of happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the points that people have brought up is that, like, uh, when Tom Arnold brought up that, you know, on The Celebrity Apprentice or whatever, there's tapes of Trump saying, you know, derogatory things about minorities and women. Um, uh, most of those people signed a non-disclosure form, and no matter what you do there, if you were the person who coughs up that tape, I think it was like a million plus dollars that you were going to be sued for there, and well, if you're getting $10 million off of the deal, right? I mean, but... Um, taxes, all the stuff, so yeah, I mean, you're probably still going to walk away with some money. But we have to be serious about what impeachment is. It's not like, at this point, the dude's already president. Like, there's no question about that. So you could have a tape come out that says where he's saying, like, derogatory things. That's not going to be enough for impeachment. It's not. No, I mean, what you need is wrongdoing as the president, right? Right. To impeach him? I mean, well, I I mean, mean, if there's a rape... Yes, maybe we get into something there because of the 25th Amendment that they're able to, that, that people yeah. would be able to make something happen. I do think there are crimes that he could, be, that a human being, I'm not saying he personally, but that a human being could be guilty of, that in today's day and age we would find a way to do that. But now we're throwing around like, hey, we have to have you on tape raping somebody as opposed to like, hey, you called a woman a bitch. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, so I, it, it, this feels like, don't get me wrong, it feels like... There could be people right now who feel inspired of like, all right, well, maybe I'll get out there and, and, and share my story. But for the most part, I think this is just a pretty free commercial for Larry Flint. Larry Flint says, I don't think you can live as recklessly as Donald Trump has for 30 years and not leave some baggage along the way. I can't I can't think of somebody getting more patriotic to do. I can't think of something more patriotic to do than try to get this moron out of office. Now, I agree with the first half of that sentence of. There's no doubt that there's tape of... I mean, we've already seen one, and it blows my mind that we have not seen more. Um, but if that Hollywood access, that access Hollywood tape came out today and was presented as such, I mean, the dude, that that came out, and the dude still won the presidency. So, like, right. that, that will be nowhere close to enough. I know. That Billy Bush tape is nowhere close to enough. No, the only person... No, no, no. The only person that got in trouble over that was Billy Bush, who just happened to be standing there. Like, dude, that's dude, that's who America punished. He lost his TV gig, wife left him, everything. And I always use that as like, look at like this fake morality that happens online. Like, I somebody somewhere's got oh, didn't a woman just file with with Gloria All right over the weekend? Where a woman's like saying like he sexually assaulted her on The Apprentice, right? Um, I think that woman's made that claim prior to that woman was making that claim during the election, and I don't think it necessarily mattered. So I don't know if that's going to be enough. No, probably I mean, not. I mean, allegations aren't going to be enough. You're going to ne- it's going to need to be proved. Even if it's proved sexual harassment, is that enough? Even if it's proved like sexual deviancy, is that enough? I just don't know at what. No, where's, where's this line going to be? I mean, like you know, like people's claim there's tapes of like what is it hookers urinating on him or vice versa. Uh, whatever. I think maybe hookers urinated on each other in front of him, I think, was the, was the story. Oh, well, about. that's definitely not enough for him. No. I mean, dude, you, you I mean, weird hooker, kink isn't enough for... Having a Russian hooker pee on you, I don't know if that would be enough. No. I mean, you probably wouldn't get elected again, maybe. Right? You know what I mean? you probably lose the second term, but I, I don't think they could remove you from office for that. Um, I just think it's it's funny and probably a sign of the times that we live in where it's like... I think there's, you know, there's some people who are just ringing the impeachment bell over and over again. Everything the guy does, he throws paper towels like an idiot, and and people impeach him, impeach him, 
And you don't realize like, how serious that is. It's like it's like uh, it's, there's some people who are overplaying that card, yes, but there's other people who are probably putting forth like an actual effort of like, all right, so what exactly happened with Russia here? Is this grounds for something to happen? But we ignore all of that because it's like, no, dude, Larry Flint, hustler, baby, he's giving somebody ten million dollars. Well, again, God. this is this is what I'm always saying, dude. America ha- doesn't have the attention span for what's hard. Larry Flint's easy. Oh, it's $10 million. Somebody will do it. We're going to get it. It's a porn dude. You know him. Right. It's easily digestible. Again, these guys, dude, these guys who have all this kind of money, they understand America better than we do. That's that's how I said Trump would get the nomination. It's because he gets us better than we get him. $10 million is a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of people are going to be going for that. I mean, even rich people. Are going to be sitting there going, well, dude, I can add $10 million? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And he's right. I don't think any person, man or woman, can go 30 years without baggage and awful things in their history. And Now, I think that applies to most politicians, but most politicians have lived a life knowing, yo, I'm going to be senator, I'm going to be governor, I'm going to be that. Spent so their whole life trying right. to do that thing. So they've lived their life somewhat buttoned up, at least somewhat like hiding things where, dude, Trump's past is just right. he's been as open and as, 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 as blasé as possible. You know, people like to throw out those stern tapes where he, you know, he kind of admitted to where, he, I guess at one time he was thinking about having they were going to abort Tiffany and like those kinds of things. And I just think sometimes people forget what the radio was before Twitter, before Facebook, before I think there was a lot of staging that was going on back in the day. And uh, dude, a lot of fake characters. Not and, true. War of the Roses is very, very real. Guys. And I think I just very think, real. Right. I, I just think people were in Howard's studio saying things to Howard that you wouldn't say to anybody else. I think there was like, I just want to be cool and do the right thing. I want to be shocking. I want to. And dude, he knew whatever he said then would like further businesses and stuff like that. I don't know if I can take anything he told Howard Stern as like gospel on who he is. I don't know that. I don't know that I can't, but I, I'd be, I would be hesitant on that. I mean, how many times are we going to go to that excuse though, where it's like, oh, he's with Billy Bush. He's just trying to be cool. He's just trying to be one no, of the guys. Well, you know and dude, like, no, you can try to be cool in all the wrong manner. I totally get that. and I'm with, I couldn't believe, dude, I've said it a million times. Dude, that, that's why I think Hillary Clinton needs to shut up and go away forever. You couldn't beat the grab him by the vagina guy, lady. Shut up. You you, you lost. Move forward. Get over it. But the denial on her is crazy. But if you don't think her and her husband are like thumbing through everything, trying to find what, something and like put some poster child up there who can cash the $10 million check for doing it, you're crazy. And that's why I think I've said since he got elected, people want to get him. And I think somebody at some point is going to get him on something. It's going to be interesting to see if the $10 million bounty will be enough. There's a national anthem protest that you're going to love. And I'll tell you what it is next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. I, uh, I I took a message during the break that says that they should be charging Larry Flint of Hustler for treason. Oh my God. For, for, you know, suggesting that he was going to pay somebody for information that could impeach Donald Trump. So I asked the question. Well, when all the people were looking to impeach Bill Clinton, were were they treason? Right. Were they treasonous? Or was that just good old red-blooded Americans? Now, granted, some of that stuff that was happening while he was president and sex in the Oval, which, by the way, I don't think is is an impeachable offense 
for a president. First of all, I honestly think, dude, the president, honestly, dude, ask any man in America what the best way to relieve stress is. He's going to say oral sex. Every last one of them, dude. And none of them have launch codes. You know what I mean? So it's like, if, if there's one thing the president should get, it's that, it's that for sure. It's like, calmer heads shall prevail. And advocating for the removal of a president, regardless who the president is, is not the same thing as murdering the president, nor is it the same thing as overthrowing the government. Like, see, here's the point, though, is that, like, like I said, there's people who are just, like, bringing this, bringing this bell of impeachment, impeachment. He threw paper towels. You got to impeach him. Well, what are you talking about? What are you talking about with You're the Watering. Right. Oh, it's treason. You're just watering it down. It's, it's, it's not treasonous. I don't think it is. But that's just me. Interesting. You know, somebody else is telling me here that all this is going to do, Larry Flint offering up the $10 million, you know, the bounty on Trump, is all it's going to do ultimately is energize Trump's base and get them all riled back up and like just in, and drive them deeper into the no this is why we support him because everybody tries to attack him and i agree that i think that there's there's probably a possibility of that um i, I think probably re energizes his base i don't know if necessarily grows his base and i think as things move forward it'll become clear and clear that that's going to be an important part of this next step for him of of, of how do you yeah that's what everybody said during the the first election though is that eh, well, dude they he has who he has but he's not picking up momentum and then he won right on a very narrow mor- margin in the sense of the electoral college but still like you still have you still have midterm elections coming up and if 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 it's not enough to grow that support he's not going to be able to accomplish anything in these in these next three years and if that's the case it's like well at what point is it going to be like well you didn't you didn't repeal obamacare you didn't lower taxes you didn't you know build the wall you didn't deliver on any of these promises at what point does that become disheartening for his base uh unfortunately i don't think there's much that can do it I really don't. And I think, honestly, the Democrats are in a they're in a really weird situation because you better find somebody charismatic, really charismatic, really good and palatable for, for a lot of people. And it just doesn't seem to me like they're looking to push anybody to the forefront. Um, More than, in my opinion, more than the problem of the person that they're pushing to the forefront is they're completely missing out on the message that they should be pushing to the forefront. You can pull somebody in two years out and be like, okay, hey, here's Joe Biden. You know what I'm saying? Hey, here's somebody that just, may, you know, somebody that's serviceable. But as, as far as it goes, like, you're just sitting here, impeach, impeach, impeach. It's like for every time you say impeach, you should say wage growth five times. For every time you say Russia, you should have to say jobs four times. You know what I mean? Like that's the balance there. And until you get that right, speak about I the issues care. Americans care about. I don't care. And they don't. I, I don't care who you put up there. I don't care if you put Jesus up there. It's not going to matter until you get the message right. I'm starting to think it might be Cory Booker. Maybe Cory Booker. I could be wrong, but I'm starting to think maybe that's the way they're going to go. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. I'm looking forward to that, actually. There's a national anthem, and you really can't call this a protest. Okay. But there's something surrounding this national anthem issue that I think a lot of people are going to get behind. Okay. And it's from a sport that you don't care about at all. And it's the National Hockey League. Everybody is like... Well, not everybody, but a lot of people are up in arms about this national anthem protesting that's going on in the NFL. Boycott the NFL was a thing and all this stuff. Meanwhile, dude, like I think 30% of my social media timeline yesterday was about it, where two weeks ago it was 80. So it's already like the people who are anti the protest are already starting to get like at least complacent or bored with like writing about it. Right. So it's I don't think the boycott the NFL thing is going to work. I, I just don't. But now out of the NHL from the Nashville Predators... P.K. Subban, and I hope I'm saying his last name correctly, is 
an NHL player and he's an African American. Which again, you're talking about a minority in a in 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 life and now really a minority in a sport at that point. Oh yeah. There's not a lot of African American NHL players. It's like a black dude with a mullet. It's like what? Like how how'd that even happen? <laughs> yeah, that is a little strange. All right, but what PK Subbin's going to do is during every Nashville Predators home game, Subbin will host his PK's Blue Line Buddies program. Blue line is a term in hockey. There's a blue line yeah. on the ice. I don't get me into the rules of hockey. I start to get lost and all that stuff, right? And what he's going to do is he will bring a member of the Metro Nashville Police Department and a, one of their guests, along with a mentor or representative from a local organization, and then also an underprivileged youth. So kind of bridging all things together. Member from the community, member from the police department, and then a young child from an underprivileged situation. Not even a hard thing to do here, guys. Easy. 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 Like, honestly, something that should have been going on before the protesting. Like I've said about this NFL thing is this is on the NFL in the sense of how did you not wrap your arms around it like this over the summer? Okay, guys, we understand that there's a valid you know, complaint that you guys are making. You feel there's racial inequality when it comes to the justice system. Okay, we understand and respect that. At the same time, we are not going to... Use the national anthem as our avenue to do this. We have a giant platform. And if we want to take the month of October or the month of March or the month of whatever and say, hey, it's community relations month in the NFL, here's a cop telling you something. Here's, you know, somebody who's wrongfully in prison telling something, right. something. Right. In a million different ways. And in every city the NFL's in, hey, we've got a program teaching, you know, uh, disenfranchised minorities their rights when they deal with police and how to best deal with police situations. It's not, this is, this was not a hard idea to come up with. No. Not at all. No. This is what you needed to do. But I will admit that when this... And again, I've always said that the causes behind this national anthem protest are 100% real. But the visual of it looks petulant. It does. It, it, it did not play well. And you, you can blame, we can put blame on, I think, a couple of different groups when it comes to that, why it came off wrong. But at the end of the day, it did come off wrong. Time to evolve, time to change, time to figure out how, how, to, how, to, take pro, how to take protests and change that into progress. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see the NFL probably in the, or NHL, I'm sorry, probably in the least um, uh, position to do this. But it'll be interesting to see as the NFL is getting black eye after black eye after black eye, how MLB, NBA, and NHL all decide to move forward with stuff like this and how they can kind of like, dude, this is our this is our opportunity to gain the spot. This is our opportunity to be the biggest sport in America. This is our opportunity to overtake the NFL, and stuff like this will definitely help your cause. People are telling me it's either Suban or Subban. PK Subban. Subban. I don't know. But he plays for the Nashville Predators, and I think he's nailing this. And you're right. It's going to draw a bunch of attention. But really what this comes down to, and why I don't think another sport can can capitalize is, you either really like watching something or you don't. And if you really liked watching baseball, you would already be doing it. If you really liked watching NASCAR, you would already be doing it. Now, I am interested to see what the NBA does tomorrow night. Because I know LeBron's come out and said my voice is 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 bigger than my you know the, the kneeling for the anthem, and I know he won't do it because again, too much of his money's tied into Sprite and other things to where it's like, eh, let's make sure advertisers don't absolutely hate LeBron James, right? So like I get that because he's a smart dude, 
But I, I'm willing to think. I'm willing to bet there will be something that's done. It's going to be interesting. But I. This is exactly what professional sports athletes need to be doing. This is what you need to be doing. And I th- because I just think it's it's more olive branch, and I think you're going to get more receptive ears on it. I just I just know that's how that will play. We have a pair of tickets for the Forest of Screams and Medina, and we'll get you hooked up with those next on Rock 106.9. 6.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a pair of tickets for the Forest of Screams and Medina. Jeez. So we'll send you there momentarily. Sounds scary. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need on those. I have a story here that's going to make a, a lot of people want to move to Italy. Okay. As an Italian librarian was claiming that her English setter, her dog, was not her pet, but more like a family member. Okay. And so she has won a lawsuit and won the right from her employer to use family sick leave to care for her ailing pets instead of having to use vacation days. Like When you take time off of work, you probably have multiple um, different versions, whether it be vacation time, sick time. Um, there's, yeah, there's like a, you know, like a family issue, like option. I just did this. I just requested my December vacation time this morning from our company actually. And so, and I, I used vacation time for that, but they, she's now won this lawsuit and her boss now has to give her sick time, family sick leave to care for her 12 year old dog instead of using vacation days. And I don't know why. Maybe I'm missing something easy, and and I'm I probably am, but like I don't understand why the company would dig its heels in if she's got the time one way or the other, just well, take it and let her use it. Yeah, but you're you're only supposed to use those sick days or those family you know bereavement days or whatever those days are in the case of an actual like illness. I don't. I mean, I'm still. Paying it's not you. actually allocated time off, right? I'm still paying you. So why should I have to pay you because your dog is sick? That's not the same thing as your child being sick. Well, I mean, people who now I don't necessarily consider this to be true, but people who have animals feel that way and feel as if it should be that way. Um, I guess you can feel whatever way you want to, but I think from a business perspective, I completely understand well, why what you, do you should not have to do What that. do we do when somebody's like service animal doll, dies? That that to honestly a service animal can be more important to you than a family member. Service animal different than pet? Okay, so you're so you'd be okay with separate rules for that. I guess. I mean, if 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 that's what we're getting into, but, but all that's going to happen then is then everybody's going to register their pet as a service animal, right? And you're just abusing the you're just abusing the system at that point. So no, I don't think you should be allowed to do that at all. Which honestly, all pets on some level are kind of service animals. They are. They kind of are. They, they you know they bring you joy. They you know they help to you know relieve stress. I think it's something like petting a cat twenty minutes a day will like increases your lifespan by like a year and a half. Okay. Like there, I mean, there's there's crazy studies like that. I, I just can't. I just, I mean, there's a difference between your children, your parents, your siblings, your your loved ones, and you should get that time off. And your your dog being sick. I agree. I worked with a guy once who took a couple of days off once his dog died, and I was like, Jesus, I can hear my dad rolling over in his grave. I mean, if you if you want to take your personal time, because let's say the boss, the the, the company gives you twenty days, and I don't care if you use those twenty days to go on vacation. I don't care if you use those. 
20 days to sit on your couch. But they're unpaid. Right. Well, even if they are paid, that's a term and condition of like, okay, your 20 days off are paid. You can use them however you want to, whether to take care of your sick dog or to, you know, go to the Bahamas. It's your prerogative to do what you want with them. But when it comes to those those sick days, when it comes to those days of, of taking care of somebody else, your dog does not qualify there. Well, according to the Italian court, it does. And I, this is, I've been preaching this for a while now. I think businesses are going to become more lax about how they let you take time off in lieu of paying you more money. I saw my company do it. My company dug its heels in and said, look, dude, we get it. You're talented. You're number one. You've destroyed every other morning show in the market. You've taken actually Akron shows out of this market. You've done very well. Who cares? <laughs> we'll give you more vacation time. Like that's, and I think that's going to be the system. I think it is going to be the system of instead of paying you more money, they're going to give you more quality of life. And at the end of the day, it is like, if you really look at it, it's going to be that that essentially is more money. It essentially is because it's just less time that you are then required to be someplace, which is time is money. And so if I was this Italian business, I would have given in on this and not had it go to. Now you lost the money of fighting the court case and you're going to lose the public relations battle. Just let people take the time off. I think it's ridiculous. I I really do. But ultimately, I wouldn't be so staunch in it where it's like I'm not going to let people leave work. Otherwise, they're just going to be rallying outside my doors talking about how I got to pay them more money. Just take more days off and I I get to keep my money as the business owner. That's what I would do. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com next about the Browns troubles on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry. Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. 8.30. We'll pass out these Black Label Society tickets we have. Erosion and conformity part of that as well. February 6th. Goodyear Theater in Akron. It's Monday, 8 o'clock. However, it's time now to talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. My man, how are you? Doing all right, man. Can't complain. Uh, Before I get to the Browns mess, Colin Kaepernick has filed a grievance with the league citing collusion as the reason why he's not playing in the NFL. And I made this argument earlier this morning, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think 32 guys need to collude. I think 32 guys could look at the situation and go, ah, not for me. If it was 350 NFL owners and he didn't have a job, he'd be like, all right, well, maybe there's something going on there. Am I crazy? You know, it's going to really come down to what they define as collusion. you know, I think there's going to be a huge Freedom of Information Act filing, which would make a lot of sense um, to see if there's, you know, any emails. I mean, all it needs is all it takes is one man. Do you know what I mean? Right. It takes that's true. It takes it, it takes fair. one two thirty in the morning on a Saturday, you know, email from ex owner to you know owners at NFL.com or whatever, and and then and then suddenly it's going to open a huge can of worms. So what you're what you're banking on is that none of the 32 did something stupid, um, which, you know, yeah, that, that, knowing, knowing, knowing sports owners, I don't know if that's, if that's a bet I would be willing to make. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting. I mean, I know, you know, it's, it's really easy to point at, like, Kevin Hogan having a starting job or, you know, or uh, Case Keenum having right. to be the backup for Sam Bradford or, you know, all these NFL quarterbacks who, on paper, you know, Colin Kaepernick would be a much better talent you know, so you can't, you, but you can't really just go on that alone. You know, there there needs to be something concrete, and it'll be it'll be very interesting to see if there's anything found. That's for sure. So there's uh, there's the Colin Kaepernick situation. Let's move forward now to the Browns, if we can. We heard yesterday during the uh, television broadcast that uh, that Deshaun Watson had told the guys calling the game a couple of days beforehand when they do like their media roundup and stuff 
that Hugh Jackson had texted him saying, be ready. And then Hugh, after the game, says, nah, dude, I never did that. And we knew we were taking Miles Garrett at number one. And again this morning, I said, well, A, Hugh Jackson has more motive to lie in this situation than Deshaun Watson does. And nobody said, Deshaun Watson never said, he he texted me and said, be ready that they were going to take me number one. He was available at 12, then they traded that pick. So I have been saying now for a few days now, and I think this is a little bit full disclosure, I was a Hugh guy, and I don't want to have to give up on that. I don't want to have to be wrong on that. But I feel like Hugh Jackson has very little input on anything that's happening outside of like the play calling on Sunday afternoon, and that worries me. You know, I I tend to agree, um, but I don't know. You know, in, input and them doing what he says are two different things, right? I mean, you can have input to your boss all the time, but you know that doesn't mean the phones are going to work every Monday. It's just it's just one of those things where <laughs> you know blow, you, you, you just don't blow. you don't you just you know it's it's, it's not it's not one and the same. So it's you know okay. he might have input. That's fair. But he has input until Houston comes with another first round pick and and this front office. And this is a good. I'm going to borrow Tony Grossi here, but he says they're intoxicated by draft picks, and okay. they are. Well, that's true. So maybe they had, maybe they had a chance. Maybe that was the plan was to was to, was to go with Watson, and then, you know, one next thing you know, Mahomes goes a couple picks earlier. Houston really wants a quarterback. They jump up, and then the Browns say yes. So, I don't necessarily know if he doesn't have any input. Uh, they're clearly not doing everything he says, and he he looked like an absolute fool yesterday. Um, you know, you know, saying he didn't remember the draft because it was so far ago. Right. Or so long ago, which is which is a complete lie, and then they went to the locker room in Houston right after Hugh Jackson said that. And he's like, "Oh no, no, he texted me." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like what would Deshaun Jackson or would Deshaun Watson have any reason to make that up? No, you know reason what I mean? Lie. Like, there, there's nothing to gain there by by him saying that, um, and it's everything for the Browns to lose. And and once again, it's it's it's, it's Cleveland look wearing the egg on its face. They missed Wentz and they missed Watson. Now, I would admit, I saw this yesterday, and I think you liked it. This was a tweet I saw yesterday, and this does make sense, that those quarterbacks have been drafted by playoff-ready teams, and the Browns weren't. So you probably wouldn't be seeing the same thing happen here if Wentz come here or if uh, Watson would have come here. I always say about Carson Wentz that I think, honestly, the Browns look like the Detroit Lions. That if we get Wentz, that if that's what you have. You have Matt Stafford. You can tell you have a quarterback on your hands, not much else. And, you know, you end up getting scored 52 points on you and you lose, <laughs> lose like, like the Lions did yesterday. But is the Sashi thing, I mean, it's just clearly not working, right? You know, it's, it, 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 it's difficult to, to judge because they just continue to kick the can down the road, right? I mean, we, you know, again, going back to the draft picks, I mean, they have, what, 13 next year? Like five in the first 45? You know, at some at some point, you got to use those. You know, and it's so they have five first round picks. You know, I could see that there's nothing that tells me the front office won't be looking at this and saying, well, you know, we can we have the chance to draft five top forty five players. But you know, in the event the Giants call and say, hey, you know, here's you know here's a here's a conditional first or second round pick for next year. You know, then then again, if they just continue to to move those picks for future picks you're not going to improve your team. And I, and I understand if they want to maybe build the team into a place where then all they need is that quarterback and then off, they're off and running. Right. But, I mean, they still have plenty of issues. I mean, they haven't really – I mean, final scores notwithstanding, they haven't competed in two weeks. You That's know, fair. I mean, they've, they've gotten their doors blown off in, ba- in back-to-back weeks. And it's, it's a quarterback issue, but it's a wide receiver issue, and it's a defensive backfield issue. And, it's, I mean, it's on down the line. 
and you know, just not using your draft picks wisely and just continually trading them for picks is not going to keep anyone's job here. We're three-way chicken in the egg in it at that point. I mean, you're talking, is it the front office? Is it the head coach? Is it the players? Is it, yes. uh, you know, and, and, and the thing <laughs> the is, usually, yes. usually when something's this bad, the buck stops somewhere. At this point, the buck is just swirling around and nobody wants to take a hold of it. And understandably why. Um, uh, Scott, I know you do winners and losers every week in your, in your article, your recap of the Browns game. Um, do you feel like there was any victories yesterday? Was there anything at all that we can feel positive about as a fan base? Well, Miles Garrett's legit, right? That's I mean, true. Yes, the, he's he's and he's still getting back to 100. percent I mean, he's not, you know, he's they're still warming him up snap count wise, and he is making an impact almost every snap he's on the field. That's exciting. Um, so when you talk about a team that has perennially whiffed on their first round picks, or you know, or their high draft picks, you know, they have one. You know, they 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 finally hit the hit the nail with with Garrett. Um, McCordy looks like a hell of a pickup. He's still performing as one of the top defensive backs in the in the NFL. But the other issue is there's three other defensive backs, if not four in certain times, that have to put their load as well. It's not doing well. I mean, you know, again, you, you could pick and choose certain players who played well, but at the end of the day, you know, they, it, it's going to come down to the quarterback. And until they figure that out, it's, it's it, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a chance if they don't do it, that, that Miles Garrett's the, the new generation's Joe Thomas. I was where he's just, just going to say you know, a hugely productive and says everything and does everything the right way kind of guy who who perennially plays for two and three win teams. I was just going to say, I feel like Miles Garrett's going to end up being the defensive Joe Thomas. We're going to end up wasting what could be a next level talent um, and just in an obscurity of trying to figure out how to, how to win this, um, how to win these games. I know you're up against, I know you had to head into another meeting real quickly as the NBA season is going to start tomorrow night for the Cavaliers. Do you have any insight on LeBron? Is he going to play? What's going to happen there? We should find out more today. Uh, this is the last practice clearly before, before opening night, um, you know, I think I think it's like twelve thirty. We uh, we get we get to we get to start to talk to Ty. Um, so we should have more. He was questionable last we saw. I knowing LeBron, I see no way he passes up the chance to you know block the hell out of a Kyrie Irving layup if if given the chance. So I would think he goes, um, but it would be a bit of a buzzkill to start the to start the regular season without the King. But you know they're they're not going to they're not going to risk a regular season game for something that could potentially worsen him down the road. So it'll be we'll get a, we'll get a little more clarification today if I had to guess I'm thinking he's there. People are saying, you know, he might not play because he's the ultimate mind game player and then it does like kind of laws on that. I don't know if I buy any of that. I agree with you. I think he's going to want to make a statement against Kyrie Irving. Scott, do you agree that the Cavaliers probably the deepest team they've ever had, maybe the most talented team they've ever had? Do you agree that they are going to start things off on a very bumpy road? I don't know if it'll be bumpy. It'll be these next few weeks, however, are going to be a gelling process. I mean, they have. I mean, if you if you count Kevin Love moving to the five as a as a you know a change, which it is. I mean, LeBron's the only holdover starting at the same position as they had last year, right? I mean, they have. You know, you're going D Rose, Wade, Jay Crowder, one three or one two four, and then Love moving to the five. You know, so there's going to be a lot of change. You know that goes on here, especially if LeBron misses time and it kind of messes up the rotation a little bit. You know, Ty Lue's going to have to get pretty creative here, so it might be bumpy. But I mean, bumpy might be eleven and five, right? It's not, right. I don't think you're going to look at, you know, I don't think I don't think you're looking at you know a five hundred or sub five hundred team here. I think the the talent is going to win out. Schedule early on is pretty easy, you know, all things considered. Um, you know, they 
you know, start off against Boston, but then they have the Knicks, they have the Bulls, they have the Pacers, all three teams, you know, not heading in the right direction. And then I think their next tough game is like the seventh or something against the, the Bucks. So they have some time to kind of figure this out. Um, you know, it might not be as pretty as fans want it to be out of the gate, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think ultimately the Cavaliers probably will be just fine. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. We have a pair of Black Label Society tickets. They're playing with Corrosion of Conformity. That's February 6th, Goodyear Theater in Akron. We'll get you hooked up next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto Family. It was about seven months ago. I bought a pre-owned car from Wakeham, and I absolutely love it. And right now, Wakeham is offering you credit amnesty, meaning this. If you bring home just $350 a week, you're getting $30,000 in financing. That's right. $350 a week, and you you get $30,000 worth of financing. It's time to upgrade your car. Do not head into the winter season driving a car you're not sure is going to make it back and forth to work. You really want to break down on the freeway? I didn't think so. Let's send you over to the Wakeham Auto Mile. That's at West Husk in Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin, where it's been for over 60 years. Or you can start your shopping the way I did online at their killer website, which is Wakeham.com. W-A-I-K-E-M.com. Also with Wakeham having their Auto Mile and multiple brands, plenty of new options for you as well. If you're thinking about picking up a car, use your credit amnesty. Right now, three fifty a week gets you thirty thousand dollars worth of financing. So there's no better time to upgrade your vehicle than right now. Again, you can check out the inventory at wakeham.com, w-a-i-k-e-m.com, or in person on the Wakeham Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin, where you can do what I did. You can save the Wakeham Way. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a pair of Black Label Society tickets. They're playing February 6th at the Goodyear Theater in Akron, along with Corrosion of Conformity. We'll take your uh, your calls shortly on those. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need. You, uh, you're you going to be in for a good night that night, dude. Just a badass show right there. There's a teacher in New Jersey that's under some scrutiny right now over a video that went viral. And again, I just... I don't know when people are going to realize that everywhere you go, anything you do, somebody thinks it's Instagram worthy on their account. And so you're going to be caught doing it. And at some point, you just got to realize, like, you can't be doing certain things. You can't get away with stuff that you used to be able to get away with, nor should you be able to, I suppose. But it's a very short clip. It's all it's about 25 seconds inside a classroom. And again, this is New Jersey, Cliffside Park High School, where a woman, a teacher, a female teacher, is screaming at the students about how soldiers fighting for the country are fighting for their right not to speak Spanish, apparently. Let's take a listen. Men and women fighting are not fighting for your right to speak Spanish. They're fighting for your right to speak American. You can hear, you know, students saying you're being racist. I know how to speak English. And again, that's the point I wanted to make here is that if you want to be appalled about anything, it's that a high school teacher teaching your, your children in high school is, is saying speaking American. The language is English, Right. Well, yeah, I mean, at at the base of this, if the argument is about, like, well, you should be speaking properly, then, yeah, you would refer to it as English as as opposed to American. That's that's very Like, I got to tell you, if I was a parent of a high school student in New Jersey, I'd be be just as mad about that equally. Both things are awful. And I don't know why people... Now, look, do I believe that we should keep English as the national language of this country? For sure I do. But I don't know why people think that being bilingual is... Is bad. It's, it's only going. Right? It's only going to help you. I lived in California when I was twenty-one. I think twenty, twenty-one. So you're talking twenty years ago. 
And I had a hard time. There were certain jobs, like base level jobs, that you could not get unless you were bilingual. It's just part of the. It's just part of the world. I can understand the frustration on the teacher's side there if it's like. You know, I've got half this class that's able to speak another language. I'm not necessarily able to do that. And now they're talking. Are they talking about me? Are they talking about other students? I understand why that could be frustrating, especially if the students, and I don't think it's too much of a stretch to assume that students would behave like this, where it's like, dude, we got one up on this teacher. I'm going to keep speaking in Spanish. Therefore, she's not going to be able to know what I just said. You know what I mean? And she probably said English only. I don't know what you're saying. You can't do that. Um, But... To 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 take that, which would be a frustrating situation, and put it into well, that's why the troops are fighting for you. Like, come on, lady. <laughs> like you're using at this point, you are using service members as pawns in like proving your point. Which, as I've said time and time again on this show, if I were a service member, if I were a military member, I think that would be a very frustrating part of that. Is that whenever somebody wants to make their point, they automatically, well, that's why the troops are doing it. You don't love America, then USA, USA, USA. You know what I mean? When in reality, troops are doing things because they're told to. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not personal will. It's not personal ideology that goes into why they're doing things. And even the decision of like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to make the decision to serve my country. I doubt very many service members were like, you know what? I'm joining the army today because I want to make sure that people keep speaking English. I, I, I find that almost impossible to believe. Amanda's reminding me that we do not have an official language. We only have a language that official documents are written in. And that and that was two votes away from being German. I OK, Amanda. Fine. OK, I'm saying I would prefer if we continue to speak English in this country as, like, this is our standard language. I, I think, you know, uh, yes, and I, I think that'll be the case. I feel like a part of what this is is it feels like the turning tide. It feels like the, I can't stop this, do these, you know, the country looks different than it did when I was growing up, and I feel like there's that a little bit of you're just trying to hold on to what, you know, what you feel like is the way it's supposed to be. Not you personally, but the greater you of like why people have such an issue with this. With what? With people speaking two languages. Oh, I um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why people are. You know what it is? Is people feel inferior? Is that's what it is? Is that this teacher is like? Wait a minute, I'm the teacher, and these kids can do something I can't. This was this was about her feeling inferior. Now I would agree that you can't just let students sit in a classroom talk and not and say things out loud that you don't know because if another student in the class can speak Spanish and you cannot and are being harassed via that or whatever, then the, then this teacher is going to be in trouble with the school and the district over the fact that she didn't step in. So she's got to step in and say something. But the hypocrisy of like telling children that soldiers are dying for their right to speak a language and then gets it wrong as a high school teacher, again, if I was a parent in New Jersey, I'd be through the roof over that. Now when my kid comes home and goes, no, I speak American, like, well, I can't be like, geez, did you pay attention in school? Because you did pay attention in school. I just think it's hilarious that you were caught on video yelling at people about not speaking the language you want them speaking, and then you get the name of it wrong. Just that to me is like what you always see online. America. That to me was the most America thing I have ever seen. We do have Black Label Society tickets. We'll take all our 15 right now. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. Be right back with more Sands Ray Show. Hang on. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, I got sad news for dudes. Sad news for, for, for men in America. It's not good. Okay. It's not good. You're not going to be happy. Okay. 
I was told that the doomsday experts said that the world was going to end today. Was today one of those days? I believe it was today. Okay. And I posted this yesterday, and I think I'm right about it. <laughs> this is probably an appropriate time for me to remind you there's no such thing as a doomsday expert. Yeah, that's fair. Nobody, Nobody's an expert in that. Well, no, I know a lot. No, you don't. It hasn't happened. Just, uh, just throwing the word expert around. Like it means nothing. Yeah, how do you even find yourself to be one of those? Like, I guess you just, just say it. Just say it. Okay. Yeah, you just say it. I'm an expert, expert in that. All right. You know, it's also World Boss Day. I think. It's okay. Like that. And dude, that sounds like my boss. Like that sounds like the perfect like my, my boss sentence. I'm an expert in that. I know. I'm the one that knows. And you ask him for the qualifications. Silence. Yeah, you I don't get a lot of. Those. I didn't know it was National Boss Day. Should we do something? Should we like? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna avoid him. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, you know what? I'm getting my boss for for National Boss Day is like peace and quiet. I'm not gonna go to his office. I didn't know if we should do like an arts and crafts project to make like I don't know like a card out of macaroni or something. I, I just feel like we should do something. Though. There's plenty of arts and crafts going on. I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we need to be the ones doing that. Okay. I, uh, dude. So yesterday, man. All right. I go back and forth. Fantone always says that I'm the worst yo-yo dieter there is. Yeah. And I am. I'm a terrible yo-yo dieter, and it's horrible for your body. And it, it's not very healthy for you at all. And they say moderation is key in all things, you know? Of course. No matter what it is you're looking to do. And I would agree. And yesterday was not a great day for your boy. So like, <laughs> so I made these plans to go to Vegas for Christmas. All right. Okay? And it's only, I mean, it's not that far away. But I was like, all right, let's 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 take this time before now and between now and Christmas and try to like get this a little bit under I have lost a little bit of weight, but not enough, right? Yeah, I mean I've seen you I've seen you make efforts recently, but I don't think those efforts have necessarily turned into habit. So it's not like, habit. Much much like anything else, it's been up and down with you where it's like, All right, yo, now you're doing protein shakes and, and having celery for breakfast, and then the next morning it's like or maybe even the next hour, it's like, No, I'm shoving two donuts into my mouth at the same time. So I worked at the Agora Saturday night and then I got off of work and I didn't eat all night. And so all I was right. starving when I got off of work. So I ended up driving all the way back down here and I stopped at Sheets because I know they're open twenty four okay. hours a day and the food's always pretty good yeah so i stopped the sheets and i got like dude i got like a full like meatball sandwich (laughs) and then what else did i get oh i got i got three like fried chickens like sliders now sheets probably is not the best example of this because their menus open 24 7 and you can kind of do whatever you want but when it gets to convenience eating like you're driving home from a a concert or you know it's the middle of the night or you've only got 15 minutes like 3 a.m like what else are you going to do well i guess at sheets you could add a turkey sandwich but uh, you know i I, I mean i could have done a lot of things but I, i did not do that all right and so then i was like all right so as i'm eating this meatball sub three o'clock in the morning in my apartment all tired after just bartending all night. Right. I thought to myself, all right, well, tomorrow's Sunday. Mm-hmm. So throw Sunday away, and we'll try to get back on this horse on Monday. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm one of those. <laughs> okay. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just take the rest of the weekend and throw it away. The magical mystique of the Monday, where most people, it's like, oh, Monday, worst day of the, worst day of the week. Monday motivation. But when, but when all of a sudden you've got a goal, and, well, it'll start on Monday. I'll get it done on Monday. Once Monday gets here, then I'll have the willpower. So yesterday, I wake up. After having the meatball sub at 3 o'clock in the morning, I wake up, it's like 8.30. Okay. Like, I didn't sleep very long, right? And I'm like warming around the apartment. I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. And there's food in the apartment. I could have made something. I was like, nah, I'm throwing Sunday away. 
<laughs> and so like normally I'm like pretty lazy on Sunday morning. Like I don't want to like I don't want to like drive all over hell's half acre to go get something to eat or whatever. So I lean on that McDonald's in downtown Canton. Okay. But I've had some some situations where I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe not. Okay. So I always sleep on it and I forget about those two new fast food restaurants downtown, right outside of downtown, which are the Arby's and the Wendy's. Right by the Civic Center. Yeah, right across the street from one another, right? So yesterday morning, it's like 11, and I was like, all right, you're hungry enough for lunch. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure they're open. Let's go to Arby's. I was like, you know, I never go there. Let's go there. They've got the meats, dude. Arby's is kind of slept They got on. the best TV commercials for sure. A, a big part of that reason, I feel like, is Arby's is a little pricey. But, like, you know, when you're going through the through a drive-thru, you're like, well, dude, I don't want to spend more than $5. But Arby's is worth it. Like, I appreciate the, the like the quality of their food. I guess the venison uh, sandwich starts nationwide today. Um, they sold them when I lived up in Michigan just because that's like venison country, and it seemed to do pretty well. I don't know if the rest of the country is going to buy into that. I don't. I will definitely try. I want to try it. Okay. It looks, it, it looks I'm, I'm by no stretch of the imagination uh, like uh, anti-venison or anything, but there's just something about it in the fast food commercial where it's like, I don't know, it just looks wrong to me. I had this sandwich from there yesterday. It was like, I, it had like four different things on it. Okay. it. It was like turkey, roast beef, bacon, cheese, like something, some kind of, it was like the smokehouse triple or whatever it was called. It okay. was awesome. Really good. All oh right. my God, dude. Yeah. I just took that thing down. I assume curly fries. Yes, I had okay. the curly fries and uh, well, and a soda there. Yeah, right? this is all free, by the way. Arby's, we'll, we'll, we'll pimp your wares for no for no price there. So I go home and I eat that, and I'm watching the you know I'm watching the sports there and all that stuff, right? And right. so then like the four o'clock game comes on, and I I've been paying attention to Kansas City this year, and even though they lost to Pittsburgh yesterday, like so like that game's like approaching halftime, so okay. like now it's getting ready for dinner time, right? So I was like, well, I don't want Arby's again. I already had that. <laughs> So right? you probably went with something reasonable, right? I would assume that, like, oh, well, dude, I had a meatball sub at 3.30. I had the triple smoked house, <laughs> bacon, whatever sandwich no, at dude, 11. No, honestly, what I did for dinner was worse. Okay. Worse. All right. <laughs> dude, I'm so embarrassed about this. So I go to the Wendy's, right? And I get the, the number four, the Baconator combo, which is what we all get, right? Because it's, it's awesome. It's just nothing but meat and cheese and bacon. It's awesome, right? So I get that, and I was like, well... That might not be all I want. <laughs> so, so I get that combo. And, dude, I got a 10-piece chicken nugget combo then, too, right? And you got, so you got two combos. <laughs> Bolt medium Jeez, and dude. Sprite to drink with Bolt. So I'm driving home, and I'm going, down, uh, I'm going down Market. Right. To get back to my apartment, and I notice right in front of me at the light, right before my apartment complex, is my next-door neighbor. Okay. So I'm getting out of the parking. I'm getting out of my car in my parking lot, and my next door neighbor's getting out of her car, and she just looks at me. And I got two value <laughs> meals worth of food, two huge sprites, and she's just sitting there looking at me like I know that fat idiot has nobody else in that apartment. Yeah, Not- Wendy's has no conception of size, so their mediums are literally giant buckets of pop. So you walking in vats. there, right? So you walking in there with two bags worth of food and two pops that had to look guilty. I, and she just was like looking at me, and like I said, like the person at Wendy's is like maybe thinking, ah, maybe somebody's at the somebody's apartment at home, yeah. watching football. He's just great, yeah. he, you know. You fly. I'll buy type situation. My neighbor knows there ain't nobody else nobody in there. there. No other cars nobody there. else in there. That fat idiot's going to eat all this stuff himself. Now, I bring this up to, to point this out because I'm part of this problem. That they say 40% of adults are obese. 40. 
They say the obesity problem is is the worst it's ever been, and the numbers aren't going down. It's just steadily rising. No, because we all see each other being fat, and you're like, well, I'm not that fat. Uh, They say 18.5% of children are obese. Now, what happens to me all the time, and I say this all the time, is people. I talk about how fat I am on the radio, right? And so, and and I will. There are exaggerations, obviously. And so, like, I'll meet people who listen to the show, be like, oh, dude, like you're not fat, dude. You're no bigger than I am. I'm not fat. And I always think to myself in the back of my head, yes, you are. <laughs> right, that's the problem. Is is they see you? They if see you're my size and you don't think you're fat, you're wrong. That's 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 we we just become accustomed to it. it, it it's you're just bringing down the average because we're all down here. I would say forty percent. Now I guess the difference between obesity and overweight is where the line gets drawn here. But I'm gonna say over forty percent of people. I mean, like, dude, why, maybe it's different in other parts of the country. But dude, look at Canton, Ohio. I guarantee you, more than forty percent of us are obese. Listen to this: obesity means not merely overweight, but seriously overweight as determined by a calculation called the body mass index. Okay. Until the early 1980s, Fantone, w- excuse me, one in six adults were obese. That rate climbed dramatically to about one in three around a decade ago. Wow. Oh, my God. Now, then it leveled off for a while. But now they say it's holding steady and then going to continue to rise the obesity rate. And I'm part of this problem. Um, yes, and I, I really think that parenting is the part of this problem. You bring up 20%, 19% or whatever of kids right there. You got to think, to get obese as a kid, that's, I don't want to say almost challenging, but like at 40, it's like, well, yeah, dude, I've been eating crap my entire I'm life. Gluttonous. I've had 40 years of sitting on the couch. Right. But dude, at seven, when you're supposed to be running around, when you really haven't even had that much time on the face of the planet to put all those calories into you, it's like, how do you kids get so fat? Because things are so good. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I need a spray that I spray on food that takes the deliciousness away, I think, maybe. Something. Somebody help me. Like, I know I'm the personal accountability guy, but dude, I got no personal accountability, man. Like, I cannot stop it. It's like, honestly, it's depressing. Cause it, like, it hit me in the face yesterday as I ate two value meals worth of food watching the Steelers game. I was like, dude. I'm on the wrong side of 40. Like, there's like, there's, I don't even have time left to get it together. Like, I started thinking, I was like, maybe I should just go the other way. <laughs> just <laughs> embrace it, dude. Lean into maybe it. what I should do is, right, just slam the gas. Let's hit this brick wall. Let's just, dude, maybe Ralphie May had it right. <laughs> just have a heart attack and just die early. Jeez, man. Yeah, I got to get it. I got to get it under control. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that. 40% of Americans, 40 of us, 40% of us. Obese, that's crazy. The FDA is making some changes because dudes are going to be really unhappy about this news. Wait till you hear this next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you guys, Stansberry here from North Kenton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show and Rock 106.9. Still to come, a pair of tickets for the Ghoul Brothers House of Horrors, Akron's newest haunt. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need. Looking ahead at tomorrow's program, New Church Tuesday at 9 o'clock, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Dude, new Nada Surf. Remember them? Okay. Remember the, they had that song, Popular, was yeah. the name of that song? Yeah. I had no idea that was still a band. I don't think after 1997 anybody did. They, uh, they have released a new album late last year, early this year. Okay. And their new song's called Out of the Dark. We'll take a listen to that. Also, new Luke Combs on tomorrow as well. There you go. Interested to hear that. Is Luke Combs somebody I would know? Um, He was, yeah, I mean, he's had a pretty big year. His song Hurricane was pretty big. Right. That, that did pretty well. And he's got a new song out on the radio now called 
when it rains, it pours, and that oh, one's pretty good. <laughs> All right. He switched that one on its head. It's not negative. It's positive. Okay. Well, dude, Luke Bryan kind of set that table, right? Yeah. The rain being a good thing. Yeah, a little bit. Very much the same thing there. Yeah, when it rains, it pours there, uh, Luke Combs. But actually, his new song is called Beer Can. Okay. And I was like, well, I haven't heard it, so. but it's called Beer Can. And I, I, yeah, I feel like that's new Turd Tuesday material. Put a dipper and get the thing stuck. I've been promoing and teasing this next topic of conversation, I believe, the wrong way all morning. And I've been saying that men are going to be really unhappy about this news. When in reality, I think ultimately women are and should be the ones who are really the losers in this whole scenario and who should really be upset about what they're about to hear. And the FDA is making some major changes that's going to affect a lot of our sex lives. And the FDA is backing a move to reduce the size of condoms because the average size of a condom right now, 6.69 inches, is too big for American men and condoms keep slipping off of the male penis. And so now the FDA is backing a move to make condoms smaller so they will fit the American male better. I know every American male right now is like, well, not me. Well, not me. Well, not me. But I guess some of us have to be out there with small penises. Recent CDC figures on condom use revealed that just a third of single men use the rubber protection. And one of the most common reasons for non-users is that they slip off. I, 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 I will just never be able to wrap my head around that. Now, don't get me wrong. I've, I've been caught condomless in my life plenty of times. But plenty. still, but still I, you're, you said only a third of people are using it on a regular basis. Yeah. Guys, dude, you're going to end up with, with something you don't want. And they say a study by Indiana University on almost 2,000 men revealed that the average length is 5.57 inches of a penis. That's about an inch shorter than the standard com, uh, condom size. The Food and Drug Administration, which regulates health industry standards, has concealed that there is a need for smaller condoms in a desperate bid to lower the rates of sexually transmitted diseases and unwanted pregnancies out there. Now, I've heard of this. I've never had a condom slip off me. I I, I feel like, if anything, that's probably going to be counter because at that point, you're going to have to start buying like size small condoms and then you're going to be like, dude, I'm totally not buying these things. So, like, I don't know if that's going to help anybody. All right. So, I bought condoms in the store the other day. Okay. Okay, and I was actually I was at the Rite Aid, um, right there on Market, right down the street from my house. All right. right, so I walked down there. This was last weekend, and I was like, all right, right before last weekend, I was like, all right, let me buy some condoms, all right. just in case. Right, and I was in the aisle, and I was like, l- like picking them all up in the boxes, and like looking at them, and like trying to figure out. And I thought about that because you know what's really big in the condom game now is is delayed pleasure condoms. Like there's like apparently some lubricant that's in a condom now for men where it desensitizes your penis so you can like withstand the action of sex a little bit longer. All right. And I thought to myself, well, who wouldn't want that? Right? Like everybody kind of wants that. Right? So I was like, all right, well, maybe. And then I thought to myself, I was like, do you have to carry these things through this store and then place them on the counter in front of a woman? Right. And And she's just going to be standing there judging you. And pay her. And I thought to myself, Jesus, dude, if there's ever been a product to eBay, it's this one. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, if you you think about it, like, a woman doesn't know. Like, you rip open, just wear a condom is what she wants. So you rip open the condom. She has no idea it's a delayed reaction condom. 
No. Right? So then the shame of that goes away. I, I'm just talking from my own personal sexual experience here. I've always kind of felt like condoms in general are delay reaction. You know what they I mean? Are. Like, I don't know if I necessarily need. They a, are. A, and, and, and from a woman's perspective, okay, so you're delaying reaction because you don't want to orgasm too quickly. Like, if you use a condom for, like, marathon sex romps, dude, like, after a while, I'm sure that's very irritating to the vagina, right? It has to be. Like, has to be. Well, if I punch you in the stomach all day, <laughs> you're probably not going to like that. Steven tweets in and says, all right, I got to admit it. When I use a condom, it's still a little too loose. I've always felt like, man, I can't breathe in this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a little bit. Now, I mean, they say most guys don't actually, in this very article, they say most guys still don't even know how to apply a condom properly. How? And I think that that's where the slipping, I'm not sure it's the length of the penis issue. I think it's a lot, are you not applying it properly? Or are you not rolling it down to the base of your penis? Well, there is a little bit of excess length when it comes to a condom. Like, you're not supposed to. The uh, reservoir tip. Well, and I, I think most guys aren't necessarily going to fill out a condom 100% where it's going to be all the way unrolled at the, at the base of their penis there. Um, and that case there are you know specifically designed condoms but i guess if we're getting into there's too much extra length on a regular size condom and like was it jerry that said that he feels like it's a little steven. loose steven steven sorry guys name jerry jerry's like no dude not me but dude's name steve apparently not able to fill everything out there but i just don't know how you put in the Average, b- above average, and below average, all all in the same aisle. Though. I gotta be honest with you. The condom has very much been a a uh, like a, like a mystery to me. It's much like how does no seriously okay. like I, like I've always like looked at the condom, put it on, worn it, and said to myself, how did they come up with this? Like how did they come up with? Obviously, something is different. Is this? It's like how does a sock fit six to twelve? Right. How does a sock <laughs> six sizes the sock covers? What do you mean? And like condoms, it was very much the same way. Where it was like, dude, obviously every penis is different. How right. they come up with the standard here? And well, you have to think with penises too. At least with socks and, and elastic, and it's like once the sock is on your foot, your foot remains the same size throughout the entire you know throughout your entire day. Throughout the day, your thighs are your calves not getting any and day bigger. to day. Um, but when it comes to a condom and you put that on, I mean, your penis is going to go through some fluctuations there of like, all right, well, we just started versus in the middle of sex versus at the end of sex there. Um, I, I, I don't know. I This is one of those things that honestly, I thank God that I am in a committed relationship where we are not using condoms. I can remember being single and just like what a headache it constantly was. It was like being a cigarette smoker where you're constantly thinking to yourself, well, do, do I, I have them? These? Do, do I have them? them? Should do I, I have enough? More? Do I got to go up right now? Like, yeah. What if I waste one? Then right. I only got one. Right. What if I just, just what a constant pain in the ass they were. They say here the standard condom between six and a half and eight and a half inches long and around 4.1 inches in width. But data collected by one condoms found that condoms only fit 12% of men. The rest have varying widths and lengths that are not catered to the one-size-fits-all approach. Yeah, the width is where I've always had problems, and not that it was like slipping off, but that it would like almost roll off at times because it was like, it's just not... I don't want to say big enough, but it's just not, it, there just wasn't enough like breathing room there for me. Yeah, no, it's, um, it can, yeah, they can be restrictive. I, 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 I wonder if this is a situation where maybe in the future we will, uh, you know, maybe Trojan will have a, hey, go to our website, you know, have have a ruler ready, and we're going to measure your penis, and essentially, at that Custom point... Custom fit? Like right, a tux? Right. You can order, you can order like, tailored condoms to Dude, you. Dude, I want a black tie. Dude, I want a black tie condom. 
I did. You know what I mean? I want a classy penis for Christ's sake. That's dude, what I'm at. Might, might, might I'm telling you, dude. Like when I was in the, I was in the, the that right aid the other day, and I was like looking at all those different boxes. I was like, dude, this is a in bulk. On eBay type purchase. That's what I'm doing. Honestly, I'm logging on right now. (laughs) We'll pass out these House of Horror tickets. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here for the Wake Up Auto family. It was about seven months. 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. Before moving any, uh, any further, people ask me all the time, dude, what are you watching on Netflix? What are you, what are you binge watching? And uh, I started it last night, and I only watched one episode because it was before I was going to bed. And actually, I think I was kind of in and out of it a little bit, but Mindhunters on Netflix, the first episode was pretty damn good. It's all about how the FBI starts to like investigate serial killers and that kind of thing. All right. And as I'm watching it, you realize that yeah, there's a time in the country, in the world, where any piece of intelligence before it becomes the standard is viewed as like crazy. Like they were, you know, like he's like starting to say like, you know, we got to look at it like why people are doing it. Like back in the day when the FBI was formed, it's like you were you were taking down bank criminals who were like robbing banks. Now people are committing these awful crimes against one another randomly. Is this set in the past? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. it's like I, I believe okay. they probably flashed the year on the screen, but it feels like. 78, 79, because okay. he they go and see Dog Day Afternoon in the theater. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like All 78, right. 79, 80, somewhere right around there. And uh, that whole thing, is, it's all about the FBI, and I guess the guy from Glee's in it, which I wish nobody would have told me that, because now, now that's all I'll see. But if you're if you're into that whole serial killer, like law enforcement type thing, first episode of Mindhunters was pretty damn good. I, uh, I also have a Netflix recommendation here. Okay. Um, I don't know if anybody out there has watched it, but it's absolutely hysterical. It's called American Vandal, and honestly, it's like one of the funnier things I've seen in quite a while. Um, it's kind of a mockumentary where this school is uh, is is vandalized with giant penises all over the teachers' cars, and the kind of ins- the, the the investigation follows from there. And dude, it is hysterical. So uh, American Vandal is my right. The whole thing's about penises drawn on cars, more or less. Yeah, and then kind of the teenagers that that were a part of it and this one kid's getting blamed and he swears he doesn't do it and I'm about halfway through it and honestly it's been like laugh out loud multiple times so pretty funny stuff yeah I don't think I can start something where the whole premise is about drawing penises on teachers cars I that just it doesn't sound like me but uh, I, I could maybe see that my brother tried to get me sold on Riverdale which is I guess I guess like his his daughter got him into it. My niece got him into Riverdale, which is I guess like an update of Archie and and the gang for like the, today's era. Which I can't believe somebody greenlit that. Like like I'm too young for Archie and the gang. Like so I don't. I was like I didn't understand where the audience for this was going to be found. Yeah, maybe it was just one of those things where it's like, eh, screw it. Worst thing that happens is people don't watch it. You know what I mean? And I guess. You know, pretty low risk, high reward, I guess. But yeah, I'm not, I don't I don't know if, I, if I'm if i watching Archie and the gang. People are telling me to watch The Ranch on Netflix. Is that that show with Ashton yeah, Kutcher? I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I honestly, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, that, I saw that. That was like on one of like the Netflix, like, this is the thing we're premiering right, right now. And you look at it and honestly, even... The look of it just looks like it would be awful. I like both those guys. I like I like uh, Hyde from that '70s show and Kelso, but it just it didn't work for me. I uh, yeah, that didn't look honestly. It doesn't look very good, so I can't be shocked that it's not that good. I uh, 
yesterday we heard that Deshaun Watson was saying, you know, that Hugh Jackson had texted him on draft day saying, be ready. And then Hugh's now saying he didn't. And I, I think this is Hugh towing the company line and want it, not wanting it to look like he wanted Watson, but Sashi didn't. He, he's trying to do the right thing by his bosses there, not throw him underneath the bus, which honestly I can respect a little bit given the fact that it's such a mess that he's being asked to deal with. Now, is he the best coach in the world? No. Um, I, were there mistakes during yesterday's game? Yes. Would I get behind the idea of maybe bringing in an official offensive coordinator and just letting him like head coach? Yeah, I think it may be time to start looking into that. Now, also, the Browns are denying rumors that they're reaching out to other GM and like front office type candidates. And I think they're lying. I think if you weren't doing it, you don't deny it. I think you're denying things because you know, oops, this story that we don't want out there is out there. Either that or B, stories only get out when somebody wants them out. And But I really think that that's what it is. Somebody leaked a piece of information. Haslam's kind of been caught like maybe like sneaking around, looking at somebody else, and they're looking to deny it. Um, but I mean, you're one in what twenty two or something now? Something in that comparable area. It's it's. it's I think it's past one in twenty. So yeah, one in twenty one or one in twenty two. Um, I said it before. I don't think Hugh Jackson's as bad as his record indicates. But you are what your record says you are. And honestly, I think you'd probably be hard pressed to find a coach with a worse losing percentage. Right? I mean, I don't know who it would be. The the Lions that one year, but the year before and the year after, they weren't as bad. So I think over the course of two seasons, I mean, this guy might set the all-time low bar when it comes to wins for a coach, and that's a bad, bad place to be. I've been trying to put myself in his shoes all day and just like... As Hugh Jackson, as a guy who has been a part of successful football organizations before, it's like... Do you even want this job anymore? You have no. 10 games left. You have 10 games left, and you already have this just just, just cluster F on your hands. How do you get up and go to work today? Well, it, the next job he's going to get is going to be the hard one because it's like who brings you in and how do they sell it to their fan base when it's like you're bringing that guy in here? Probably as an offensive coordinator or an assistant coach. You know what I mean? You're probably not going right into head coach position. Oh, no, 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 no. He won't get another head coaching job for a while. So if, if you've got that buffer, you're going to continue to get paid out by the Browns. You're going to have a secondary job as you know the offensive coordinator for the Bills or whoever the hell hires you. Um, it, it just, I mean, you you think guys are professionals? You think guys are you know? Hey, we're going to go out there and try to win again. Nobody's a professional. It just ends up being your gig, no matter what it is you do. It's just your job, and you don't want to be there on Monday like anybody else. I don't care what the job is. I, I think deep down inside, at this point. He has to know it's not working. Where, like, last year you could sell yourself on, well, they're not very talented. We're going to turn it around. Week one, you could say to yourself, well, that game got away from us. It's just, I mean. This guy, somebody said to me yesterday, well, you know, they got to fire your coach, Hugh Jackson, because they're not any better this year than they were last year. And this year they're younger and more talented. And I said to him, I was like, dude, younger's never a selling point on an NFL football team. Younger's never good. I mean, I guess we could look at both rosters and compare. It just uh, coming up into the season, the general consensus was that like this team, at least on paper, is better than the team was last. Yeah, year. I think, that, dude, they got six guys starting on offense that are rookies and six guys starting on defense that are rookies. That's twelve starters that didn't play in the league last year. I just think that's too many. Younger's not good in football. What you need is grown men. Like, dude, what was, I, they, I, don't, I forget who was calling the game yesterday, but they even pointed at Miles Garrett. He said, look, that's fuzz on that guy's face. That's not hair. That's fuzz. These guys are too young. 
And he's a little bit right. Now, I think that analogy was a little crazy, but like, you need to get older, not older, but like, you need vets. That's what you want. Never notice that free agency isn't second year guys, it's like five, six year guys because they've been around the league. They know what they're doing, they've established their career. I just, I, if you want to fire Hugh Jackson, I'll say the same thing I said about Tito Francona. I'll say the same exact thing. Fine, I'm fine with it. But what's the plan? Show me the guy. You're not getting David Shaw to leave Stanford to come coach the Cleveland Browns. You're not. So show me the next college coach that's ready for an NFL job. Jim Harbaugh? Maybe. Maybe, but Indy's going to call him, I would think. Somebody that's already an established NFL dude. Somebody that's an offensive coordinator. Somebody that, you know. I guess. I guess maybe you could get that. I just don't know. I don't know a good coach of good pedigree that's going to believe that this organization, this ownership, this front office is going to lead you down the path of success. You can only coach so much. If it's dysfunctional above the coach, I don't know what coach fixes that. I don't think there there might not be one. But I think they're lying. I think, honestly, I think Haslam has probably reached out. To, honestly, if he doesn't reach out to other people right now, you look almost crazy. It should be. I mean, you can't tell me what you're seeing for two years now is what you want to see happening. Outside of Miles Garrett, which, by the way, it's not like they picked Miles Garrett. It's not like they found Miles Garrett in the third round and it's like, oh, look, we can evaluate talent. He was a certifiable number one pick. Everybody in the league wanted that kid. It, worth noting, the guys played two football games as well. To call him like, well, dude, well, that was a definite victory. Miles Garrett. So it's all going to pay off in the end. You don't know how the rest No, of you don't know. Three sacks and three quarters is good. Like, that's good. But... Again, they didn't farm this kid out of nowhere. He was a number one pick. Everybody in the draft wanted him. I think it's a mess, dude. Honestly, and as as a Kaepernick as a Kaepernick naysayer, as a Kaepernick critic, I don't know how you don't call him. He's filed a grievance against the league for collusion, which again, I don't think thirty two owners had to collude not to hire the guy. I think ultimately what happened is thirty two different guys went, yeah, I don't know about that. If it was 350 NFL teams and then he didn't have a job, it'd be like, all right, there's probably collusion here. I think 32 guys could all look at that situation and go, ah, it's kind of a PR nightmare. No thanks. But I said yesterday on Twitter, and I think I'm right about it, I think Kaepernick's playing by week nine in this league. And honestly, as a guy who's been a, a critic of his, I would put him in an orange helmet and have him start next week. I don't care if he has to draw plays up in the backfield in the dirt because he doesn't know the playbook. I think it's better than what you have now. They're a mess. And to the people who told me all preseason, you're a hater. You're so negative. They're going to win six games. I told you. I will go to my grave saying this. You don't use six quarterbacks in a season and then win six games the next. You just don't do that. The team is too young. They're not talented enough. And it's a mess. It is a mess. Ghoul Brothers House of Horrors tickets. Up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry. And his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Man, today just flew by. I can't believe the show's pretty much over now. This Quick one. Again, $10 million up for grabs. Larry Flint offering you $10 million if you have any information that could lead to the impeachment of Donald J. Uh, Donald J. Trump. He claims that nobody could live that long the way he does as recklessly as he has and not have any information on that. I just don't know if there's going to be anything that he did before he was president that would warrant it. Uh, I just don't see that. I mean, I mean I'm, I don't want to say I'm sure there's things, but I, I, I 
it's possible that there are things since becoming president that he's maybe done that haven't hit the news yet. I guess that's totally possible. We don't know everything about everyone. Eh, but how are you going to have access into that by the time you've become the president and most powerful person on the face of the planet? I mean, I, this is to me, it just feels like a cheap Larry Flint like publicity stunt. It just feels like, hey, pay attention to me. Visit Hustler.com or whatever it is any more than it is like an actual like. I don't know. I don't even want to say like a cause for justice because it's not. It's essentially a political witch hunt. I mean, he's gotten well. I mean, and he's done it before. He's done it. I, I was it a congressman he had removed because of like some information he found out about some indiscretions. Um, he, you know, he gets up on his hill when people get like you know moral because of they've attacked his business being right. hustler, and then when he finds out that they're secretly behind closed doors, they're hypocrites. Which everybody is about sex. Everyone is about sex. Now, you can do that to a congressperson because I feel like that's a lot easier to take down. We're talking about the Teflon Don here, dude. I just don't feel like President Trump, no matter what you throw at him, is that going to be... I mean, time and time and time again over the course of the election, I was like, well, that's it. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. And I was wrong every single time. So I just I don't think it's going to happen. I went against my gut in the election because I felt like I was like I think he's going to win, but all the math and all the polling data said that Hillary Clinton was going to want like win three to one. So I abandoned my gut, and I remember saying then I was like, you know what, I got to stop doing that. I got to always go with my gut, and I got to be honest with you. I know the polling data says he's unpopular right now. He's the least popular president in America and like the, the history and all this stuff. But I think if the election was to happen today, right now, my gut says he wins again right now. I, I don't know why. I, I, it's just it's just a little bit of like you know like I said it's a gut feeling but I think he wins again and I think this honestly in a little bit of a landslide I do I think there's something about it there's something and and I just I am failing to see who who the the great knight on the other side is going to be like it's still Hillary like everybody's still paying attention to her like she's now come out and said well maybe I should have just called him a creep and like you know and said uh, you know all the you know, basically you know the Weinstein angle maybe I should have done that and then today she's coming out and saying well yeah my email scandal was bad and I you know I, I should have handled that differently and here's how we should have done that and I think it's all like she's positioning herself I think and she's doing the apology circuit I think she's delusional enough to think that she can run again next time I really do. And if you're that side of the aisle, I, I mean, again, I keep asking, who's the next person? Somebody show it to me. As awful as everybody is, that is the left wants to say Trump is, for as bad of a president as he is, for what they want to say, I can't believe they haven't found somebody to champion yet to stand behind who's like constantly out there in the news every day who has not made the claim yet that they're going to run for president, but pointing out this out to you saying, well, look here, and what America really needs to do is this, and building the momentum now. Because if you don't start doing it now, you're never going to win. I don't understand when they're going to learn their lessons. They always claim they're so smart, dude, and they never learn from their own mistakes, ever. And it's just so shocking to me. And I'm willing to bet, like I said, dude, she's on this whole circuit because she's delusional enough to think that they're going to run her again. And they might. (laughs) They might. Because I don't know who else they got. I know all the polling says he's not popular and everybody hates him and all, we all laugh at what an idiot he is on Twitter and this and that. But honestly, man, my gut says you run the election again today, he wins again. It's crazy. $10 million up for grabs. I don't know, man. That's a lot of money. You start putting bounties like that on people, man, you might be able to dig up something. There might be truth to it. I, it's going to be interesting to see if something should come out of that. We have a pair of tickets for the House of Horrors put on by the Ghoul Brothers there. It's up in, there in Akron. We'll take caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625, the number on those. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106. Now, you guys have a great day. See you. The Stand. 
Roxbury Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 1069.